Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. It's so good to see you today. My name is Mel Massingale. If you're a guest with us today, I just want you to know this is not our normal format. (laughs) This isn't normally how we function, but um, one thing is is normal about today is uh, we want every time we get together to be a time that we can celebrate Jesus, that we can celebrate what he's doing in people's lives. And so I just want to say thank you for being here with us today and worshiping with us today. Um, And uh, the the video we saw earlier, if you you came in late, I'm just going to call you out. If you came in late today and you missed the video of the painting, um, you really missed out. And I'm grateful that uh, the, the, the spoken word that we had during that video was from Sam Carey. She is um, a member at Amplify Church here in town. And I love the fact that the body of Christ can come together to celebrate Christ, that it's not about uh, our people or their people or anything like that, that we can work together. And uh, so we love them and we're grateful that they share their giftings with us as well. Um, today, we are talking just for a few minutes. I promise I'm not gonna take very long at all, but I, I wanna take a couple minutes and just talk to you today. This is my proof that I'm not taking very long. No table. <laughs> and I just got my phone, that's it. So, uh, so I just wanna take a minute and talk to you today. Two weeks ago, we started a series called Scandalous, and we talked about the scandalous love of God, uh, how Jesus's life was scandalous, his death was scandalous, his resurrection was scandalous. And he shares his scandalous life with us. And, um, and there's a passage that, that uh, has been on my heart the last few weeks and I, I felt like it was appropriate for today. I want to share with you. It's from Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to start reading in verse 31. And it says, What then shall we say about these things, or say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And what a great reminder that is for us as believers. Sometimes we feel like the odds are overwhelmingly against us, that that we will never be able to overcome the the situations we're in. But we see very clearly here, if God is for us, who can be against us? He goes on to say in verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? This doesn't mean that we're gonna get all things if you're a believer You got a wish list of all the stuff that God's just going to give you. That's not what it means. Uh, But what he says here, Paul is is outlining to the Roman church, you think you need all this other stuff, but let me tell you what you need. And then he asks some questions that are kind of directed. In verse 33, he said, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So what he says is, uh, if you are forgiven in Christ, if you are a child of God, then then you don't have to worry about any charge being brought against you. The enemy, who's our accuser, according to Scripture, will, will remind you and say, oh, no, 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 you're a sinner because you did this and this and this. And if you were with us last week, Michael Francis was here, and he talked just a little bit about some of the court cases he had and, uh, and how he would be charged and he would beat the charges. And he would get acquitted. And, um, and, and sometimes we think we're saved, but we're just lucky. We dodged a bullet. But what we have to understand is when we were accused of sin, we walk into the courtroom and sitting in the judge's seat is our dad, right? Wouldn't you feel a little bit relieved? I don't know your dad. I know my dad would be pretty, my dad would be pretty lenient with me. He would offer me a lot of grace. 
And this is what we have to understand. When we walk into the courtroom and our accuser says they're guilty of sin, we don't have to worry because our father is the judge. He's the one who extends justification for us. So who shall bring any charge against God's elect? We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about sin. We don't have to worry about the penalty of sin because Jesus has paid that price for us. Yes, another question, verse 34. Who is to condemn? It says Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So he says, who's gonna condemn you? And this is a little different than, than the first question because the first question was a public accusation. The second question is what we do in our own hearts. Have you ever had a hard time with somebody and, uh, and they don't do well, maybe they lose their job or something happens in their life and you're kind of glad? I'm not asking you to admit it out loud. <laughs> I have, I've been that way. And what that is is condemnation because literally what to condemn means, it means to judge worthy of punishment. Not in a formal sense, but in our own hearts. So we see someone and we go, they deserve what they got. What we're doing is condemning them. So we condemn others at times, but sometimes we condemn ourselves because we say, well, I know I said the prayer and I know Pastor Mel said I'm a believer and I'm a Christian, but I know what my past is. I know what I used to do. I know how I think. And, and I'm not worthy of being a son or a daughter of God. I, I'm, I deserve punishment. And what we're doing is condemning ourselves. And so the question is from Paul, who, who, who is to condemn you? There's no condemnation you should have because Jesus carried your condemnation to the cross so that you don't have to carry condemnation any longer. He, he paid the price for that. So he says, who's accusing you? Who's condemning you? And then he asks this last question that I love. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he goes on to say, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Then he quotes Psalm 44, 22, and he says, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I love this because what Paul says is, um, what can separate us from the love of Christ? So that word who can be what as well. So he says, who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Then he says, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. And then he quotes Psalm 44, 22. And what he's talking about is, even if we're martyred, even if we give our very lives for Christ, we're victorious. Because he goes on to say, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So what he's saying is, because of the love of Christ in our life, the scandalous love of Christ in our life, because he's loved us, because we experience his love, because that is really the only thing that really matters in this life, even if our life is taken from us, we are still winning. <laughs> and I love this. There's another interpretation that instead of saying we are more than conquerors, it says we overwhelmingly conquer. So, so this is what you have to understand. We're not winning by the skin of our teeth. It's not a last second buzzer beater. If I can put it in sports terms, this is Steelers versus Browns. Does anybody understand that? It's a blowout. The game is over before it's begun. That's what happens in us, in Christ. We are more than conquerors. We overwhelmingly conquer. So even death doesn't have to scare us. He goes on to say this, listen to this. For I'm sure that neither death nor life 
nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love this because he walks through all the scenarios and he says, even death can't separate us from the love of God. Even spiritual powers, angels or demons, they can't separate you from the power of God or from the love of God. He even says, um, nor things present or things to come. So your current circumstance can't separate you from the love of God. The circumstances to come, we worry about tomorrow a lot. Guess what? You don't have anything to worry about because nothing that's coming down the road can separate you from the love of God. It says, nor powers. There's nothing in the universe strong enough to separate you, to divide you from the love of God. It says, nor height, nor depth. There's no distance we can go. There's no distance we can run that can separate us from God's love or anything else in all creation. I love it because Paul just finally goes, I give up. Anything you can imagine, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a story I read um, a while back. It's about a, a little boy he was adopted when he was four days old and his birth mother hid the fact that the, the child had survived from the father. So she and the father were not together. She hid the fact that the child, she told him that the child had died at birth. So the, the child was adopted into a new family, was loved and cared for by this new family. And the father found out that the child was still alive and he went to court to get custody of this child and there was a long drawn out court case and I'm not telling this story to tell you who should have had custody of the child but after four years this child was four years old and the court finally ruled in favor of the birth father that he should have custody and according to witnesses who were there as they were taking the child out of the home to, to take him to his birth father the, the child began saying this. He said, I'll be good. Don't make me leave. I'll be good. And this is heartbreaking on so many levels. But one of the things that I think this child didn't understand was he didn't understand how much his parents loved him. See, he thought... I've misbehaved, I've done something wrong, and because I've done something wrong, I've eliminated, eliminated myself, or I've forfeited the right to be part of this family. I've forfeited the right to be loved. I've forfeited the right to be cared for and accepted because of the way I've acted. And so what he's saying is, I'll, I'll do something different. I'll do whatever I need to do. But he didn't understand the love of his parents, or he wouldn't have made a statement like that. And I think sometimes, as believers, we don't understand the scandalous love of God for us. That he loves us in spite of us. He loves us even when we don't deserve it. Even when we misbehaved, he loves us anyway. See, sometimes we think, uh, if I just get my act together, if I just act right, if I just behave myself, maybe God will love me. Maybe I'll be accepted. Maybe I'll find a home. What we don't understand is he loves us desperately, even if we don't choose him. Even if we never become a child of God, he still loves us passionately and desperately and scandalously. So, so we don't have to make a deal. We don't have to figure out how to behave correctly. All we have to do is accept him. I use the word separate twice in, uh, 
in the passage I just read to you. And this word separate doesn't really mean separate the way we think of it. Um, if you look at it in the original Greek language, uh, its meaning is to divide. One of the meanings of this word is to put asunder. And we don't use language like put asunder. The only time you ever hear it is sometimes if you go to a wedding and the minister may say, well, God has brought together and to let no man put asunder. And it means divide. But it doesn't just mean to separate or divide. Really, throughout Scripture, the typical context it's used in is in the context of divorce. So think about that as we're walking through the Scripture. It says, who can separate us from the love of God? What can separate us from the love of God? What can cause God to, to divorce us? What can God cause God to walk away from us? What could cause God to reject us? And the answer overwhelmingly in Romans 8 is nothing. So this is what you have to understand today. Whether you are a new believer, whether you've been saved your whole life, maybe you're here and you're not even religious, you're not even a follower of Jesus, that's okay. I want you to know something. There's nothing that can cause God to turn his back on you. If you are a child of God, you are his. I'll say this. I think we can turn our back on God. I think we can walk away from him. But God is relentless and he is scandalous and he loves us even when we don't deserve it. I'm telling you today, as a believer, we should be comforted in the fact that I can't do something that's gonna cause God to go, man, I can't love you anymore. If you're here today and you've never experienced that love, I wanna give you that opportunity. Um, what better way to celebrate today with people who are celebrating new life and being made different than by saying, you know what, I wanna follow that example. I wanna experience new life. I wanna know what it's like to be loved that way. And I'm telling you, you can experience that today. And I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you come forward. I just wanna pray with you right where you're at. So if you're here today and you say, that's me, I'm gonna give you that chance. If you would bow your head and close your room, all eyes all over this room. I just wanna ask, if you're here today and you say, Mel, pray for me. I wanna make Jesus Lord of my life. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. I just wanna pray with you right where you are. If that's you, would you be bold enough to put your hand up real high where I can see it? Yeah, two hands in the back, two hands on my right over here. Thank you. Two more here on my right. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Who else? Yeah, on my left, I see you, sir. You can put your hand down. Praise God. Who else would say, that's me, pray for me. I wanna experience the love of God today. I wanna know what that's like. Yeah, thank you. Just a few more seconds. Anyone else want to join these and say, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to experience that love today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I see you in the balcony. Thank you. I see you back here on my left. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like every person in the room to repeat this prayer with me. Whether you raised your hand or not, I want you to pray this out loud and mean it. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Even when I was at my worst. From this day forward, my life is yours. Use it for your glory. Thank you for paying the price for my sins on the cross. Thank you for loving me scandalously. From this day forward, I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a round of applause today.
This never gets old, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited for what God's doing in your life right now. If you made that decision today, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. We wanna help you take the next step in your faith journey. Um, there's a card in the seat back in front of you. On one side, it says need prayer. On the other side, it says salvation. If you'd fill out the side of the card that says salvation and just drop it in one of our offering boxes as you leave today, we're gonna help you take the next step and grow in your faith. If you're watching online and would like to respond, or maybe you're here in the room and can't reach a card, simply text the word salvation to the number 555-888 from your cell phone or mobile device. We're gonna respond back to you, help you take the next step in your faith journey. If you're here in Indiana or in the area, we'll get you connected here. If you're somewhere throughout the US, we're gonna get you connected to a life-giving church in your area, help you grow in your faith as well. Here's what's gonna happen right now. We're gonna worship again. Hey, and look, it's, it's just now noon, people. Usually I'm just getting revved up, okay? So we've got time. We're gonna sing uh, just a little bit longer. And while we're singing, our prayer team is gonna come forward and they'll be on either side of the stage. And if you need prayer for any reason at all today, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that prayer changes things. And so if you're here today and you need God to move in your life in some way, uh, I want you to step out as we begin to sing and find one of our prayer team members, let them agree with you in prayer. And then in just a moment when we're done singing, Pastor Todd Stanley is gonna close us out and dismiss us. So why don't you stand to your feet all over the room. We're gonna worship together one more time before we go today. Guys, I tell you often, and I hope you know this and I mean it, I love you more than you know. I'm so glad that I get to be your pastor. God bless you guys. Have a great day.